Hey everyone, welcome back to Get Cute. It is Jocelyn and I actually have a lot to talk about before we get into this week's episode. So as always, if you like the previous episodes or you just like me in general because you know it is officially Leo season, we are officially in August Leo season, so obviously the best of the best. Uh, Feel free to leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this because it does help me out as far as getting ad rolls and payment and all of those great things. Now, if you have been listening to me, if you listen to all of my episodes, I typically ask for these reviews and five-star reviews every episode because I know how important it is to grow. And so finally, instead of just asking, asking, asking for y'all to give me, give me, give me, I've decided to give back to you as well. If you follow Get Cute Podcast on Twitter, which I highly suggest that you do because I usually post there about these things first, I am giving away an interview bundle. So I talk a lot about interviews. Actually, this episode is actually going to be about interviews once again. And I figured why not give back to the community that has supported me so much with the tools that I love and use and have helped me get to the position of a senior software engineer. And yeah, what could be better than that, really? So I'm going to let you know what is in the interview bundle, and then I will also let you know what you need to do. So the bundle includes a copy of Cracking the Coding Interview, which we know I love, a copy of Grokking's Algorithms, which is in Python, again, I love, a copy of Elements of Programming Interviews in C++. Now, I have not spoken about this book before on the podcast, however, my friend Dame did suggest this to me when um, I was going through the interview process with PayPal. And I accidentally bought the C++ one, but I needed the Java one. So the Java one is with me. But um, for those of you that know C++, this would be a really cool book to have. And then last but not least, my favorite, my productivity planner. And if you are a real listener, you know that I love a productivity planner and I pretty much credit a productivity planner for all of my productivity. I'm not great with other words right now, but sounds great. It's amazing. The value of it doesn't really matter. I'm sure y'all can Google how much each thing costs, but neither here nor there. Oh, you'll also get a Get Cute sticker, my old Get Cute stickers. There are new stickers coming along the way. There's also pins that I'm designing. I'm thinking about doing like a limited t-shirt run just because I like t-shirts and I like design. And I figured I talked to a bunch of nerds that like t-shirts and pins and stickers. So of course you all would like that. But anyway, I digress. Here are the rules of what you need to do in order to be considered for this giveaway. Number one, you must follow Get Cute Podcasts on Twitter. Don't follow me on Instagram. I never update <laughs> that Instagram. It's practically just there for a placeholder for namesake. Number two, you must be subscribed. So that means you must be subscribed to me on Apple Podcasts, on Stitcher, on Spotify, wherever you can download the episodes. Three, you must leave a review and a comment on either Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever else you listen to the um, Get Cute that allows the ratings. 
the comment is really important. I'm not sure why, but I just know that five-star reviews are great and dandy. I appreciate those, but also the comments along with it is what really helps me out. Yeah. So you don't have to say anything long or poetic. You could literally just say uh, Jocelyn is making me write this or something like that. And yeah, it's true. Or if you do want to be truthful and just say great podcast, whatever. I'm not dictating your life, uh, but just leaving the five star review in the comment. That part I'm dictating. And then please feel free to tweet at Get Cute Podcasts with a screenshot of the rating and please use the hashtag, hashtag get cute giveaway because it just is easier for me to keep track of everything so I'm not clicking around and trying to figure everything out. I think I have covered everything. So to recap, I'm giving away an interview bundle. It includes cracking the coding interview, Grokking's algorithms, elements of programming interviews in C++, the way productivity planner and get cute stickers, which you can put anywhere and what you really need to do follow subscribe leave a five-star review and comment and then tweet at get cute podcast with the screenshots using the get cute giveaway i figured this was the easiest way to do this for y'all and i just wanted to say thank you so this is my way of saying thank you now i mentioned previously about um some get cute merchandise i really don't like saying merchandise because it seems so bougie but it is what it is so i am designing stickers currently and yes i do design and draw all of my own stickers and twitchy motes and all that stuff because i'm really cheap so you could think this is terrible but i i like it so there are two new sticker designs coming which should be up within the next two weeks um a pin design one pin design because Honestly, I've never designed pins before, and I wanted this to be really cute and encompass what Get Cute and Me is in one pin, and possibly a t-shirt. Feel free to tweet at me if you actually like the idea of having a t-shirt. Like I said, it would be probably be a limited run just because... Um, I haven't started my job yet, so I can't be shelling out all these coins for t-shirts that aren't going to be, but you know, it's a thing. So perhaps there will be a Google survey coming out about that in the future. I think that's, I think that's it. I think we've covered everything. We've covered about August Leo's being the best, covered the giveaway, covered the merchandise. So yeah, I, I think we're allowed to go into what this episode is actually going to be about today. And this episode is going to be about how I interview software engineers. So a little tidbit about me. I used to do a lot of mock software engineer interviews with my very dear and close friend. And we just used to tag team interviews um, at the coding boot camp that I used to go to. Um, it was one of our ways of giving back. It was one of our ways of volunteering because both myself and my friend realized that learning coding yeah 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 but the soft skills with interviewing and knowing how to translate what you've learned into something that you can actually relay back and forth and doesn't sound like you're just regurgitating information that you read from a textbook is really really important showing how you know that knowledge in context is also really important so i figured that i would relay that information on to y'all if you also wanted into giving mock interviews um for people that are 
possibly job hunting right now or if in your current role you are in a position where you need to interview people to come onto your team I figured I'd go ahead and give you those takeaways that I have now as far as sources are concerned once again sources are me myself and I because this is drawing directly from my experience with how I give my interviews and you know I also want to give a disclaimer that you know, if you are with a company and you're in the position where you need to interview people, usually they give you protocols on how to interview people. So by all means, please don't go back to like your manager or your employer being like, well, Josie on Get Cute said it this way, so we need to do it this way. No, don't ever do that. Cause they'd be like, who the fuck is that? But also please <laughs> make sure that you follow protocol, um, how whatever it may be. But you know, this is this is how I do things. Um, I will say that it does follow the traditional method of uh, software engineering, which means it's a lot of technical questions, um, algorithms, and you know, some soft skill things. But I'll, I'll explain. I'll explain it. Let's get into it. Are you teaching yourself a new language or framework, or maybe just being stuck inside has you bored? edX can help. edX is a centralized platform that gives you access to over 2,500 plus online courses from 140 leading institutions such as Harvard University, MIT, University of California, Berkeley, and tech powerhouses like Microsoft and IBM. I have personally enrolled in the Web Programming with Python and JavaScript course from Harvard because it's always great to refresh your skills when you're not using them in your day-to-day. The best part is that there are other people taking the class with you so you don't have to grind through the courses alone. For Get Cute listeners, edX has given you a discount to use the service and you can choose to use the discount now or later. To take advantage of edX discount, go to edX.org forward slash cute. Again, edX.org forward slash cute. So I figured the best thing for me to do is to break down how my friend and I went through the interview process. And one thing of note that this is an interview process for junior to mid senior engineers. Um, I will also say that when I was giving my software interview questions that I um, was purposely making my questions challenging because I am of the belief that if you can handle really tough, obscure questions about um, things regarding Java as a language, frameworks, and things of that nature, that when it comes to the actual interview, they're usually less tedious unless you're experiencing a FANG level interview or a company that is similar to FANG in that way, then things are going to be pretty comparable. I will also say that um, a lot of the people that were going through the boot camp were going into the fintech sector. So a lot of the interviews that I've experienced um, with fintech companies that are in my area and other uh, companies, uh, hiring engineers in my area is that it's definitely not as difficult than other interviews, but again, these mock interviews we started giving around week six in a 12-week programming boot camp, and we just wanted to make sure that we had a good measurement of where students were in terms of knowledge and also um, what pieces of an interview they were able to um, focus on and brush up on technically. 
for an actual interview. And I would like to say that we have a pretty good track record. I would say that um, a lot of the students are very appreciative of um, the interviews that we gave. Um, I think I only had one student that um, had some critique about the interview process, but the last time I heard of her, she still didn't have a job. So maybe that, maybe that wasn't on me, you know? You know, okay, so first the structure of the interview. So myself and my friends, we always pair interviewed, tag teams. Tag teams seem so aggressive. Pair interviewed people. Um, a lot of times I also liked having other people coming to the interview as well. Um, and this wasn't to intimidate the candidate or anything. It was because in a lot of interviewing scenarios, there's usually like a panel of some sort that you have to deal with. And it's a very short amount of time to get across who you are and answer these questions. Um, so we would have anywhere from two to six people sitting in an interview with this one candidate. Again, not to intimidate them, but to just get them used to having a bunch of people in the room. And also to get them used to that not everybody is going to be paying attention to you. I know it's really fucking rude when engineers are like on their computer or on their phone during your interview. But that's just the reality of it because these interv these engineers have realistically been pulled away from their teams and their jobs that they're working. So it is fair to say that emergencies do happen. And oftentimes the people conducting these interviews are hiring managers, which could be tech leads or things of that nature. So it's very likely that they do have some things that can't wait until after the interview to uh, talk about or to answer the question. So just keep that in mind that these people are working. And although I do agree it is rude, now that I'm a, a working software engineer, I completely understand why they can't give their full attention to you. So that just makes it really important for you as a candidate to always be on and to get your point across and answer the questions as succinctly and accurately as possible. Now, when I start the interview, um, my friend always kind of started off with the soft skills. Um, but in terms of soft skill questions, we always ask the person, can, okay, so can you tell us a little bit about you just to kind of get them to warm up because usually the candidate's very nervous and we just want them to kind of get the jitters out and to talk about themselves and their experience. Now, when it comes to this part of the interview, I cannot tell you how many people have had issues with succinctly talking about themselves and as witnessed by my last episode it's very hard for me to talk about myself but one thing that I am good at is getting um, the point of who I am as a person and um, my journey into tech across in probably 45 seconds to a minute if that and this is important because as I said before you have usually a pretty short time frame with each interviewer. So you want to be able to get the, your points across and to introduce yourself as much as possible. And another point is, is that these engineers are also going to be asking you about your technical skills, which is obviously important. But what is also extremely important is this engineer thinking that they could work with you on a team. And so you need to let your personality show through this part. And you also need to succinctly get your life story or your career story out there. 
which is it's hard but this is something that you need to work on before the interview obviously a lot of people always just focus on the technical skills and sis we we know we know you do things we know you memorize algorithms you know what i'm saying but now it's time to focus on yourself and kind of get this point across that you are hireable uh one thing that i would always tell (laughs) my interviewees is that you know what just don't be fucking weird and you know this is coming from somebody that's very i'm a very weird fucking person but you know what i know how to turn that on and off in an interview setting so you can always be weird turn that weird factor on after the job and by weird i'm not saying don't talk about like your interests or your hobbies or anything like that weird as in like body language in eye contact um your general demeanor that is what i mean by being weird i'm not talking about your fandoms or anything like that so don't please don't email me don't tweet at me that is not what I meant because I probably belong to your fandom let's be real but I it's a lot of people don't have that self-awareness about how they come off in interviews and so that's also a very large portion of my feedback when it comes to interviewees um about their body language if they're Um, making eye contact with everybody in the room because that is very important even if the person isn't paying attention um what if that one moment they do look up to talk to you but you're not even you're talking to everybody in the room but them so it can be alienating to that interviewer and it may seem like we're babying the interviewers a lot but that's kind of because we are and these interviewers are also in the position to give you a yes or no so you do kind of have to baby them in that sense and i also think it's just very basic like human interaction that if you're ever meeting somebody or talking to someone you do need to meet them in the eye this is coming with somebody that has had social anxiety in the past i don't have it that much anymore i kind of <laughs> my therapist and i we kind of bucket into just you know general anxiety but that that is extremely important So once the candidate kind of goes into their elevator pitch about who they are, where they came from, um, what they like about technology and all of that, typically we try to segue into going over things that are on the resume. Um, This is going to be a a soft buffer when we get into the more technical questions. And I think that it's also a good way to vet the person to see if they actually know the technologies that they're speaking about that are on their resume. Uh, it's very important that you don't put anything on your resume that you don't know. I've said this in my uh, interview episode from season one, but I'll, I'll repeat it again. Please don't do that because I love picking out technologies that I may not necessarily even know. And especially with this boot camp, I knew what curriculum they were being taught and what stage they were at. So if you have something like GraphQL on your resume, I'm going to be like, ooh, GraphQL. And then I will pick that out specifically and ask you questions about it. Not to be a dick, um, but it is to see if you actually know what you're talking about. I'll ask, so I see you have GraphQL. What is GraphQL? I've never heard of that before. Can you explain to me what that is? And you need to be able to answer those questions. And if you answer that question, maybe I'll push it, I'll push it another question forward. I'll keep digging until I find a spot that you're not comfortable with because you don't know the answer. And again, these are for mock interviews. 
and this is just to test your limit of the knowledge and this is also for me um it's a good thing to indicate on the feedback that if you're going to have this on there that you do need to be able to speak to it at some length um i would say mid-length i wouldn't say great length because honestly who does but it's really important <laughs> that you do know the technologies and languages and things like that on your resume. But this isn't where we get into like really deep technical questions. Like I said, it's pretty much a warm up uh, to get them a little loose, get them to thinking in a technically sound way and to kind of get them prepped up for what I would call the technical gauntlet. So I think I'm a, I think I'm a little bit worse off than my counterpart. We were very much good cop, bad cop with me being the bad cop. I just pick up on people's attitudes and things very fast. So um, my counterpart, he was very calm and collected. Um, you know, he kept his actual emotions and feelings about things inside until afterwards. Like, but for me, I my emotions and everything are right on my face. I really, um, I'm not good at hiding it. I don't know to tell, look, I'm not good at hiding it. So, <laughs> oh no. So with these things, what, what I would call the gauntlet is I start doing like back-to-back questions. And because this is a Java bootcamp, I start asking questions like, what's a JVM? What's a garbage collector? Can you explain to me the stack in the heap? Can you explain to me what static is? Can you explain to me what a static block is? Can you explain to me um, what a try catch block is? Can you explain to me a try finally? Can you explain the finally keyword to me? Things of that nature. And I do this because Yes, it's things that are easily Googleable. That's why when you get into like senior to principal engineering roles, they really don't focus on that that much. They usually focus on like framework things like um, say for Java specifics, spring and spring boot. But when it's a entry level to mid-level engineer, from my experience, these are the things that they kind of grill you on in interviews. And I want to make sure that at the very least that these candidates have a good understanding of what those things are because when it comes to knowing java things like knowing what the jvm is and what it's used for is base base level knowledge like base level knowledge we haven't even gotten into constructors and and accessors and things of like that or even polymorphism which is a huge thing. That's something I grill people on a lot um, because it's an object-oriented programming language. So you definitely need to do tell me about polymorphism and you need to explain with me with an example. So what I mean by that is it's very easy for anyone that knows Java or has read Java books to, to know when you're just regurgitating what you've read. Um, you've remembered a definition and this goes to what I was talking about earlier, you need to also be able to use that in context. Like, okay, polymorphism, but how is polymorphism used in Java? Can you explain it to me with an example? I won't ask you to explain it to me with an example. I would kind of expect you to. And if there's sort of a lull or a pause there, then I will be like, well, can you give me an example of polymorphism and have you uh, talk it out? Or if need be, you can write it out on the whiteboard. I'm not personally opposed to you doing those things. And so 
we're stepping through the gauntlet. We're we're going through there. And then we also look back at the resume. And that's when we'll start to dig a little deeper even on some things that maybe we brushed over in the actual warm up of the interview. And, you know, get deep in to see where the level of knowledge is. And by that point, you have a pretty good understanding of at least with like very technical language, technical things, what level they are. And so after probably like 10 minutes, maybe 15 minutes, then that's when we would go to the algorithm whiteboarding part of the interview. And so there it's n- <laughs> it's no surprise that I don't necessarily like algorithm based interviews, but the reality of it in our industry, it's rampant. And so many companies, fan companies included and companies that are also trying to emulate fan companies use this method of attaining talent. So with this algorithm in the mock interview, we only do one. Um, you, well, I lied. We would sometimes do two. It depends on how fast a candidate would go through the first problem. And normally our problems are string and array based um, because those are usually the most common problems that are going to be seen. And so we would do something simple like reverse a string. We would ask them first if they've you know, seen this problem before. That's really important, though. So if you have seen a problem before that somebody has given you, please be honest about the fact that you have been given this problem before, because then the interviewer can go to a different way of solving the problem or a different variation of the problem. So if a candidate says that they've had that question before and they've already solved it, then I would ask the person, well, do you know recursion? And this is kind of a it's a trick. It's a trap. You know, I am a little tricky. I'm a little trappy. And it's like one of my favorite things ever. So <clears throat> this it, it's usually a learning point, because if you don't know recursion, please say no. And I say that because it's very easy to trip people up on this question. And I don't want to sit there and watch you fumble your way through it. Um, Of course, I would help you. We would both help you in that scenario to get your way through it and explain, like, what's your base case for uh, this problem. And so if somebody does say, yes, they know recursion, then I would say, okay, then solve a given a string of Sailor Moon. That's like my favorite Sailor Moon. Could you please reverse the string recursively? And you know, some people actually do get through it. They're like, okay, I've read about this, but I don't think I've implemented it before. Or maybe they do know it. Or if they don't know it, just be very honest with your interviewer. And so usually if the person does really well on that, then we would go on to um, an array-based question, um, especially if there's time left. And so after we go through all of that and we assess the situation, usually it probably takes like, I want to say anywhere from 10 to 20 minutes for the algorithm part to happen. Sometimes the interviews happen really fast because the candidates are typically ahead of where we thought they would be. And that's usually really good because that way when we come back in like two weeks or so, we can have um, a wider array of questions to challenge them. Um, And then we ask them if they have any questions for us um, regarding like where we are currently, um, what we've studied, things of that nature. And then when that part is over, so the actual mock interview is done, then we will go into the recap. So the entire time during this interview process, we will have been taking notes either on a notepad or computer or or however, and we will go through and go question by question and 
and say um, where they need work on this and that and give them very specific answers as to where they went wrong because it's not good enough just to say oh this is really bad you need to be you need to have constructive criticism or else people don't respond to that at all Today's episode is also brought to you by Grinding Coffee Co. Grinding Coffee Co. is a black LGBTQ plus affiliated and owned coffee business that is aimed at providing coffee to gamers and podcast owners like me. They have a great selection of flavors and also have variety packs in case you can't figure out what bean to choose. Visit grindingcoffee.co or click on the affiliate link in the show notes to use the code GETCUTE to receive a percentage off your order. Put your money and coffee where your mouth is. Support Black LGBTQ plus affiliate and own Grinding Coffee Co. Now back to the show. Hopefully this information gives you some guidelines for mock interviews for yourself, mock interviews for your friends, colleagues, anything of the sort, it's really good to figure out how interviews are going to be conducted for entry level to mid-level. Again, senior level um, engineering interviews are a lot different. um, As I've covered in previous episodes, I think like two episodes back now, all the episodes are blurring together. But yeah, I think that's the end of the episode. As always, if you like this episode, please feel free to like and comment and leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to this episode. Um, it really helps me out and I would be so appreciative. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, feel free to email me at thegetcutepodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at getcutepodcast or my personal Twitter, which is at soandsos. Reminder, please remember about the contest. It'll be running for two weeks. I'm not sure if I said that in the beginning or not, but depending on demand, it may go up and down as far as the time frame is concerned. So please keep an eye out on the Get Cute Podcast Twitter um, and my personal Twitter, and I will also give you updates in the weekly podcast episodes as well. And yeah, I think I think we're all done here. So as always, I will see y'all next week. Bye.